Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the SAP. Hey, this is episode 426. Can you believe it? 426 episodes. Plus, I don't know, maybe 50 or so, maybe more, private Patreon episodes. We're getting there, folks. No shortage of content whatsoever. Hey, guys, how are you? It is your boy, Dave Neal. If you're new, this podcast, uh, we got a couple different aspects to it. We do uh, conversations with comedians, other self-help gurus, fun, inspirational, motivating friends, authors. And then we have conversations with just my fiance, Tasha Marie and myself, which is probably, I would say, I would say probably half the podcast. And then every once in a while I, I do a solo one, uh, which, uh, dives you deep into the mind of myself, Dave Neal. I am a, uh, bloke from Rhode Island living in Los Angeles. Uh, and things are working out. Are things working out for you guys? Uh, there's a great mantra that I heard recently that was, um, wouldn't it be nice if things worked out? Now, partly that mantra kind of feels a little bit to me like, wouldn't it be nice? It, sh- it really should be like, things are working out and it's great. Like it should be m- a very finite statement. I feel like we need to talk to ourselves in real solid um, ways, you know? in ways that are like, I'm not going to ask you to interpret what I'm saying. I'm telling you, things are working out and it's great. It's nice. I'm learning lessons. That should be something we should tell ourselves when there's perceived failure. I'm learning lessons. I'm learning how I slipped up, how I sucked at this, how I failed at that, and I ain't going to let it happen again. And the quicker we can get to overcome, it's almost like, uh, you know, these tech developers, they release an app. Sometimes they'll release an app knowing there's going to be errors, but it's just easier to release it. And then when the errors show up, they fix them. And that's kind of the way that that we are with the human condition, right? It's like, all right, I have to step out there every day. I can't be perfect. Perfect's the enemy of good. You know, what's that all like now, you know, that um, perfection uh, paralysis or whatever. So you try to be perfect. You're just going to suck. You just need to get out there and give your rough draft, give your best shot. If you find out that you're, you know, got a problem with something, Look inwards, try to fix it, treat it mechanically. You know, it's like we're good at listening to our car. We're like, oh, I need to get my brakes fixed. You hear that? But when we blow up at our mom for something, we don't go, oh, maybe um, I have some unresolved resentment I need to work on. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's a little harder when it comes to our soul. But um, I think it's good for all of us to remember that we're trying the best with the information we have. Boy, it's a tough time to hear that. A lot of people that uh, we disagree with politically, a lot of wedges being driven into um, into our connections to friends, family, and the likewise. I've uh, I've done this multiple times, but I uh, deleted Facebook off my phone again. It's kind of a pain because you know you, Facebook's like got a Craigslist Marketplace app to it. There's a few different things you use it for, but I can't tell you how nice it is to post something and not immediately go on my phone to check comments for it. Why does it matter? Why do I care? It's almost like we need to remind ourselves that the people that matter to us, our inner circle, they would just pick up the phone and call us if they needed us. You know, some of these people, like I posted something on Facebook. This was one of the straws that broke the camel's back. And a guy that I know has different political leanings. I basically was posting like, I'm so excited to move to a new place. You know, I we haven't moved in a while because we've been in this rent control place, which has, you know, been been good for us and that we haven't had crazy rent, but it's also a small place. So we've kind of felt like it's been hard to take the leap to a nicer place because it's going to cost more. And the guy's comment, this is on my Facebook status. The guy's comment was, well, you know, this is why Republicans tell you that it's not good to have handouts. And he made a whole thing out of it. And I was like, whoa, buddy, not today. Don't, I don't need to come to my Facebook and worry that I'm going to have to deal with posts like this, comments like this, not today. Someone else commented, hey, man, just listen to the guy. He's offering you good advice. Imagine knocking on someone's door, going into the living room and starting giving them advice. They, if they didn't have a shotgun, they would just tell you to get the hell out. You know, this idea that we have the right and or privilege to even speak to each other. I've tried in the past to disable comments on Facebook. They don't let you do that. It's not good for their business model, but I'm kind of at that point in my life where I'll, I'll ask you when I want some help. I will accept criticism, but it's got to be in a scenario in which I'm looking for it. Does this make sense? I hope I'm not sounding petty. I guess I don't really care if I am. There was a comic that I know named Kurt Metzger. 
he used to be the biggest at Facebook arguments. He'd always, you know, he had great engagement, all these Facebook arguments. He, he was a writer for Amy Schumer's show and he won an Emmy. And he got into some arguments with people. They took words out of his, you know, out of context and they used things against him. And he was thinking, why am I an Emmy award winning writer talking to these peasants? And I don't say peasants like everyone's peasants, but this unknown person you're speaking to even on your Facebook friends, they could just be unknown. You know, it's like, it's like we, when, if I don't know who you are, how the hell could I expect uh, you to offer me advice, not knowing who I am and vice versa. Out of my 5,000 Facebook friends, you got to think it's, you know, maximum 60 people in there that I really care about. The rest are just hogwash and they're good. And you know, that's what, you know, like, um, outer rim friends are for. It's like, all right, I'll help you if you need something. You help me if I need something. There's sort of a coexisting marketplace that exists on there, which is what social media is good for. But boy, is social media toxic at driving wedges into this pseudo conversation, this pseudo humanity that we have on the internet. It ain't real. It doesn't exist. These people aren't real. I don't care. It's almost like, um, same thing with my mom, right? If I t- or like take an aunt. If I talk to them on Facebook, you start grandstanding because other people are watching. I can't tell you how many times I've had to get out of pissing matches because I'm like, this doesn't even feel like I'm talking to somebody I know right now. This feels like some weird debate we're having in front of a lecture. Anyhow, you know what I'm talking about, guys. So I deleted my Facebook from my phone, which about by about 95% takes away me, you know, doing that nonsense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, folks. I don't know. But... um I tell you what, so with this episode, I'm coming to you one week after my illness and I I, can't, I don't want to make it, I hope I didn't disgust you guys too much the last episode, but I don't want to make it too much about uh, my recovery. I'm feeling a lot better, but uh, it took a couple days there. It took a couple days there. If you didn't listen to the last episode, I lost about 10 pounds in a 12 hour span of just violent, violent um, exporting of data from my digestive system. If you know what I mean, it was a brutal, brutal and, um, but boy, I'm, I'm not even like angry that it happened. I feel so much better. It was kind of just like a nature's detox. Nature was like, we're going to clean you out a little bit. We're going to take care of you. And, um, it came the day after I went swimming in, in Malibu. And if you don't know Los Angeles, people find this hard to believe. Uh, no one ever believes me. Los Angeles is a city that, um, has many, uh, climate systems, on any given day, you can go from 40 degrees to 100 degrees. Absolutely. It can happen. You know, you can, uh, it's a desert climate. The winds can blow in different directions. We had a, a storm come in from uh, Alaska. It was called like an Alaskan cold front came in. We had hail the other day. We had, we had lightning. It was crazy. The ocean in Los Angeles, even in the summer, even, even on a hundred degree day is ice cold. It is an ice cold Pacific ocean. And, uh, January, I don't know, this was uh, a week ago, somewhere in the 15th, 16th, whenever it was, uh, it, we had a, a nice little heat wave. It got up into the 80s, which meant it was about 70s on the coast. And I decided I'm going in the water. Now, uh, I namely went in the water because I had to pee and we got to the beach and I had to pee. So I was like, I'm going to go into that water and pee. But uh, I tell you what, something like 40 degree water, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a retired polar bear plunge guy. I, uh, you know, in New England, I, I've done New Year's Day swims in Rhode Island, South Carolina, um, Galway, Ireland, maybe New York. I'm not sure. Um, a few, a few other places, and it is always cold. Although Ireland and South Carolina were actually pretty warm. Um, that that Atlantic water was pretty warm. But uh, anyhow, anyhow, it was ice cold, and I was wondering. I wonder if I got sick somehow because of that ice cold water. Like, did that do something to my immune system? Because then later on that night, I had that Mongolian beef. I don't know. I'll never know. I'll never know. But I lost that 10 pounds, and I've probably gained seven or eight of it back. But I, I have been trying to eat healthier this week. So you know how it is. It's a new year. We're all trying to, like, stick to some vague, you know, uh, New Year's resolution that's just good enough for what we're trying to do. You know, like, I'm never... I, I, I just realized this. I'm in my mid-30s. I just... I just want to be the guy that can control my chocolate intake. Like when it was um, 
when it when uh for the Christmas season we had so many uh, Hershey's Kisses. We had a giant jar of Hershey's Kisses, and every time I had to go walk the dog, I would grab a handful of Hershey's Kisses, and I'd be literally eating Hershey's Kisses in one hand, and like walking the dog and picking up his shit in the other hand. And I just I treat food like such a habitual thing, not not a all right time to fuel up and then that's it. Um, I don't know if that's um, if I've got something in my DNA that like, um, you know, I come from the potato famine where we starved. I don't know, folks. I don't know what it is. Anyway, I've got some exciting announcements. I can't, I'm not going to fully make the announcements. I have, I'm telling you right now, um, Tasha and I are on the move. We are upgrading our living scenario. I'm not going to get into where we're going, but I will say this. We are taking a leap of faith. We are, we are leaving the rent control of our small junior one bedroom, large studio, 550 square foot place. We're upgrading to a place that is going to look killer on camera. It's going to give us more room, more privacy, uh, very cool vibes, and it's going to help with a lot of content creation. Uh, So uh, more on that next episode when Tasha and I talk about it. I'm going to make a YouTube video. I'm going to show you the place, but I am excited that we we actually pulled the trigger on... um, you know what I preach to people, which is leap in the net will appear. Talked about this last episode. We talk about it probably every other episode. Leap in the net will appear. I did a Patreon episode about this. And a lot of people say, well, what if the net doesn't appear? Well, if you don't think the net has appeared, you might not be done falling into the net. Do you know what I mean? The world has a way of working itself out and uh, conspiring to work around us. When and this is the careful part, when we make decisions based on love, when we make decisions based on high energy, high frequency, good things, the world wants to help us. Because essentially, Earth is just one giant, you know, anthill. And we're all working together to make things. Creativity, you know, it's, that's, that's the, you know, the essential of business is just making things, buying things, up in the ante, you know, obviously you get companies like Apple every year, they have a new iPhone that's just blowing the doors off the previous one. And it's okay. It's like, all right, let's not be materialistic, which is really funny because everything I want out of life is experiential. Like, don't get me wrong. I want a nice house. I want a hot tub. I want, you know, an infinity pool. I want all that stuff, of course. But I'm not always hooked on like needing the new Air Jordans or, you know, I do have a little bit of an addiction with, uh, technology, you know, and anytime I see like a video of a new drone, I'm like, all right, well, clear my schedule. I got to buy that. Uh, so I definitely have some, uh, filmmaking, but anyone who works in, um, uh, filmmaking will tell you that whenever, you know, their gear junkies exist for sure. It's a very expensive thing. Uh, but for the most part, what I want out of life, I already think I'm receiving. And that is a connection with an audience. Uh, you know, this whole pandemic sort of shattered that in a way um, you know, I've been completely transparent with you guys that we've, you know, probably lost, I'm going to go ahead and guess 25 to 30% of our podcast listeners, you know, people that would normally drive to work, people that would normally, you know, whatever, but life, it's all about juking and pivoting and, and just going with what life gives you. So life, you know, shut down the, the podcast from its normal growth, you know, podcasting has always been popular as an audio form because people love long, long, um, form conversation. They, they want that, that value from someone they trust. They, you know, there's no ads throughout it. It's, it's a, it's much easier to feel like you're having a conversation with a friend than if you were say, listening to some news cycle every three minutes, you got to hear some stupid commercial. I mean, it's a, it's a good platform for the consumer, but of course, you know, a ton of us lost our jobs, m- me included, a ton of us no longer commute to work. So, you know, that's a negative for the growth of the podcast. Well, the positive is that my YouTube has grown about a billion percent. It's been unreal, the amount of growth that's happened in the last couple months. A couple of videos went viral. New money is coming in. New eyeballs on the podcast. This episode that I'm recording right now is one of the very few in the last year that's audio only. This is just for you guys who are listening. This isn't for people who watch on YouTube. This is just for my loyal audio listeners. And you know, some people will switch over to watch something on YouTube if say it feels more visual, like we're talking about things in the room or we have new guests, you wanna see what they look like, all, all those things, I get it. We'll always have the audio version. But following the breadcrumbs of my life during this pandemic has been to, has been to breathe into the things that are working. 
the beauty of YouTube over just the audio is I don't make any money on the audio unless I have a paid sponsor on that video. So all of my previous 425 episodes, I think I had like maybe four or six of those were sponsored. We're just below the threshold of where um, podcast sponsors want to be to give you money. We're just, we've just been below it. It's so frustrating. Whereas YouTube, if I have an old video and I'm monetized, which means, you know, ads can play on videos. If I have an old video, it can make money whenever somebody watches it. I got this video called, it's called like the best Bud Light Lime commercial ever or something. It's, it, the title's kind of clickbaity, but it's a sketch I did about a team of people, a, a bunch of guys that play poker and they drink Bud Heavies. And one at one day, the guy shows up with his girlfriend and they're looking at him like, what's wrong with you there, Chad? And he's like, well, I have a confession to make. And they're like, what? Tell us. And he's like, I'm drinking Bud Light Lime. And they're like, no, what are you doing? You're crazy. You know, it's one of those types of things. Completely heightened up and all that. And it got a lot of love up front. But back, I made this in 2012. When I used to make content, I was only focused on growing my Funny or Die channel. Some, some of you guys might not know what it is. Some might remember Funny or Die. It was a website for people to make funny content. And then people could vote on it. They could vote, this is funny or die. Which, uh, you know, just a simple up, up vote or down vote. Uh, and uh, by the way, I hate, I hate the idea of judging comedy. But, you know, whatever. That's what it was. And anyway, the, the site went under a couple of years ago. It was a Will Ferrell that started it. The site was super popular in its day, but then YouTube kind of just railroaded all these other sites and it went under. And so I, all of my old content that I had made didn't necessarily disappear. I still had it on YouTube, but it ain't on that site anymore. And so I kind of took a, a, a bad gamble eight years ago, 10 years ago to sort of invest my time in Funny or Die. And now I'm looking back on it and that video started getting featured this month for no reason. People just started to watch it. It's got a little bit of advertisement money that comes in. So this month for no reason whatsoever, it made $65. And you know, I'm thinking there's no way on YouTube, on, on podcasting, if someone watched an old episode, good for them. But I don't get, I won't make, if you wanted to watch or listen to the previous 425 episodes of this podcast, I'm not going to make an extra penny. It's just not going to be the case. So uh, that's why I'm going to be breathing a little more light and energy into YouTube. And, and there might come a day where, because my YouTube's growing so much, people come over to the pay, uh, come over to the podcast to listen to the audio only, and that's good too. And when that happens, maybe I'll get some sponsors and this and that. But I do appreciate how supportive you guys have been because I don't take sponsors to join the Patreon. Uh, we have new members that have joined uh, just in the last a couple of weeks. There's always people coming and going. Like I get it. Like people don't always stay on Patreon forever. You know, you realize, all right, I've been, you know, you, I've, you know, you join it for a year or a couple months. Sometimes people just do it monthly and then, you know, you have to dip out. You just don't have the funds. I totally get it. Uh, but I did, I did want to point out my new Patreon members. There's Marion from now he's from Poland, but he lives in Ireland. And I had confused him with Marion who's a female who lives in Boston. But Marion is the masculine of Marianne. Am I pronouncing that right, Marion? So uh, so shout out to you. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, Diane joined from... Uh, I'm actually not sure what Diane's from. Is she from the Northwest? Uh, she joined uh, last week. So thank you so much, Diane White. And I want to I, I make sure I'm not missing anybody. Um, let me check the messages here. I know Alana, you're, you're relatively new. So shout out to Alana. And um, of course, Rainer wrote in from Austria. You've been around for a long time. Rainer, isn't it crazy? I saw you. You came to, to a show in uh, Los Angeles only weeks before the pandemic really broke in the U.S. It was amazing. We didn't think it would be that big of a deal here. And then here we are. So anyway, shout out to, um, you know, uh, everyone from Angelica, Jake, Lala, Elizabeth, Marion, Alana, Diane, Rainer, and a whole bunch of other people. Oz, you guys know who you are. Uh, for supporting the Patreon, it's, it's an added... Uh, you know, chunk of money that really does help because like I said, we're upgrading our living expenses. So we're going to be investing a lot in where we want to be. Like we, I kind of always thought we'd be in this small apartment till we bought a home, but the home prices haven't dipped at all in Los Angeles during the pandemic. So who knows what's going to happen if that's going to happen, whatever. So we've just decided we need to upgrade our living space, even if it's just in a rental, because we need to have a better landscape for the content creating that we do. We're already putting all the content in, but as Tasha will tell you, I mean, we can't, you know, go to our uh, Instagrams at Tasha Courtney at Dean Neals. You'll see like we can't shoot, you know, an outfit of the day. Not that I would, but Tasha can't without 15 things of junk in the background. We, we need that aesthetic. So we're working towards it. And this is going to be a big leap um, for ourselves. So this is a complete um, practice what we preach that I'm telling you guys. And I'm expecting big things. 
As you guys know, we got the I Am Journal, which is a manifesting journal. And we've been talking about um, uh, what what I've wanted to manifest has been basically what I'm already doing, but uh, talk to my audience on both YouTube and podcasting um, and just expand that audience, knowing that for every extra person that I can build as a fan of what I'm doing and talking about is one extra person that might bring a friend out to see a stand-up show when we get there. It's one extra person who might buy some merch or join the Patreon and it just becomes a numbers game, you know? So anyway, uh, whatever whatever it is you're working on um, in life, whatever it is you're doing to build your audience or your following, I know, uh, shout out to my soap maker in Massachusetts. Uh, beautiful soap, by the way. Uh, Amy's All Natural Soaps. Uh, for whoever it is and whatever entrepreneurial thing you're doing or if you're just a mom who likes listening to our journey or dad or whatever, uh, just know that, you know, all we're going to keep doing, you, myself, all of us, is building equity in who we are and what we bring to the table. I think, you know, we there's so many gatekeepers in this life. In my industry, the gatekeepers are the agents, the casting directors, the production companies. They literally, if you drive down, uh, drive into Hollywood, we live right near Paramount Studios. You know, they got the big water tower, the Looney Tunes, whatever. It all, it looks, it's just what you would think it is. Big Paramount Studios, you know, billion dollar complex. They have these giant gates that surround the studio. Big fortified. If there's ever a zombie apocalypse, you want to be in one of these studios. These are the most fortified. I mean, they make the Capitol House look like, a, you know, an open playground. This place is fortified and it makes you think like sure it's just to keep crazy people out but but it's also it's also so symbolic of how guarded uh coveted things are things that everyone wants everyone wants to be an action hero everyone wants to be a musician everyone wants to be a dj there's all these things again that might be none of you guys but there's all these things people want and we protect it and guard it to keep other people from having it very scarcity minded um you know scarcity mindset and the beauty with self-creating your content is that I don't have to follow those rules. You don't have to follow those rules. You don't have to have a boss that tells you what time to show up for work. If, you know, say, like, like for me, Monday nights are crazy for me. I'm recording this on a Monday. I've been up at, uh, you know, you know, I'm not complaining. I love it. But I was up at 7 uh, to upload some content, uh, deal with a lot of um, business out of this stuff. I'm recording this podcast now at 11.46 a.m., and then uh, this evening, I'm going to be watching The Bachelor, then doing a 10 p.m. live stream. And then after that, making a uh, reaction video for that episode. I usually get to bed at 2 a.m. And then Tuesday morning, I'm up at 7 to do final touches to get it ready uh, for posting. And then I'm going to be making content on Tuesday. So it's a crazy time. And then you know what? After I do that on Tuesday... I take a nap, <laughs> you know, okay. I, I, I go on a run. I do something that's good for me, good for my soul, because it's just not about, you know, I have to remind myself that I'm not on some nine to five schedule. I'm investing in myself. But part of that is taking care of yourself because as I, as I learned last Sunday, you know, as I was exporting data from my digestive system, if you don't take care of yourself, you're good to nobody. So that it's, it is a marathon, not a sprint, but I think what, um, this, this leap in the net will appear that I'm, that I'm sort of working on uh, in 2021 is to you, uh, you know, having used this pandemic time to get my life in order to understand that I like my voice and what I'm trying to do on YouTube, but I got to clean things up. So new people see me and they go, oh, that looks pretty slick and professional. And I encourage you guys to do that as well. Don't use this as a limitation, but if you, if you have something you want to accomplish in life, if you have something you want to sell, just become an expert at what you can control. You know, it costs 40 bucks a month for me um, to buy um, Adobe Suites, which is the editing software in Photoshop. I have gotten so much better since last Christmas, 2019, when, you know, just over a year ago, 13 months ago, I got so much better. I didn't know how to use this. I mean, Photoshop can be pretty daunting, the layers and this and that, all these buttons. Sometimes you don't even know how to like clip a, cut a photo or crop a photo. I mean, it can be daunting. One YouTube tutorial at a time. I got so good at creating compelling, contrasting thumbnails for people to click on. So I used to get 1% of people that saw my YouTube video would click on it. And now it's 10 to 25%. And when YouTube sees that people are clicking on your stuff, they're going to show more of your stuff. So a lot of what we want in life isn't just about the product we offer, but it's about people believing in what we have to offer. If you're going to be like a, you know, motivational speaker, you better be really clean looking. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I, if I wanted to go, 
you know, to an accountant to get tax paper done and, and they're, they've got a stack of papers everywhere and they can't find their pen. Yikes. So it's about showing others our competency. And then once they see our competency, hopefully we can sell them on the actual business of what it is that we do. You guys know that. Take Amy's soap. Her soap's great, but boy, if you order her soap from her website, which by the way, let me look at it so I can so I can uh, promote it while I'm doing Amy's soap. Um, I got to make sure that I got the right one here. Amy's All Natural Soap. Oh, that's her Facebook page. Amy'sAllNaturalSoaps.com. So <laughs> Amy, if you're listening, this is for you. But if, if I'm Amy'sAllNaturalSoaps.com, she sent a soap over Christmas. It's amazing. The soap's really good, but it needs to stand out at the farmer's market next to the other person's soap. She's got these beautiful um, labeling and packaging. Each each soap is packaged together. It tells you what the soap is, a little lather and enjoy, herbal blend, locally crafted. You know, the soap sits on top of um, a butcher block next to uh, next to a bowl of oats, uh, next to a, um, a, a spring of lavender. Ah, that's, uh, she looks like she knows what she's doing. I'll give it a shot. And then you love it. And then you repeat customer. Amy's all natural soaps, by the way. In fact, sorry, Amy. I think you're okay with this. But if Amy's all natural soaps was just some schlub in the back of his unmarked van being like, try my soap, kid. You'd be like, maybe I won't put that on my uh, naked body. Maybe not. But instead, it's like, oh, I think we could trust Amy. So anyway, this is not a sponsorship. But if you are looking to support small business or... um. I wouldn't even call it small. I think she's got a good business, but you know what I mean? She's, it's, it's, it's no dove. It's real soap. Go support real soap. Amy's all natural soaps.com. If you're breaking out, you know, it's because you're using that, that, you know, batch made nonsense. Amy's all natural soaps.com. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you, Amy, that I was just talking about you. I'm going to see if you find it. So leave a comment on my Instagram or whatever, if you found me talking about you. But anyway, we do appreciate, um, that you, and look, she doesn't test it out on animals. Doesn't, te- um, they, they, she says she does use it on her dog's paws. Oh, that's good to know. That doesn't count as testing it out. Dogs, <laughs> our dog is so dirty. We got You know what? I haven't thought to use your soap, Amy, on the dog's paws, but maybe I will. I wonder if that'll get him to stop licking his paws. He'll just get some nice um, gardener's scrub on his toes. By the way, our dogs, so our new place, again, I'm not talking about our new place yet, but I'll give you a teaser. Our new place has access to a private backyard, which is we will probably be using for our socially distanced podcasting while we're under the pandemic. But also the dog is going to be so happy. He's 12 years old. He lives in an apartment. He loves the apartment. He loves being with us, but it's going to be nice for him to just go outside and sniff a few things. Don't we all want that? Um, I had all these topics I wanted to talk about and I haven't even broken into them yet. I was going to read a couple um, random advice, uh, internet advice and see what I thought about the subject matter. So let's get into that. Um, I don't know if I went off, if this was a crazy tangent or if any of it was productive, but just know. So what the pandemic did for me is it got, it, it told me to just leave that 30, 40 hour a week side job because I had to, they, they, they got rid of me. It's just another example of how stubborn I am that they had to get a pandemic had to get me out of there, but it's because I was breaking even just trying to you know, it's like all like all that stress. But what happened was by having that time to regroup, to get out of the deep end, to keep learning the editing tricks, um, upgrading all different types of things. By doing all of that, I've experienced insane growth the last three or four months. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, sometime this week, I'm going to hit 10,000 YouTube subscribers, which a YouTube subscriber to me is worth 10 times what like an Instagram follower is worth. It is hard to get people to hit that red button to subscribe. And the fact that people are doing it now without me asking just goes to show that they're appreciating the content I'm putting out. I'm doing it regularly, you know, five to seven videos a week. I'm learning how to become more efficient with it. And they're checking in every day. And that's and the ad revenue has been great and all that. So it's it's just been something where I'm seeing the fruit of labor that I was forced sort of into in a pandemic um, with no other, you know, ways that I could foresee, you know, making things happen. So I look forward to what's to come from that. But I do uh, operate with boatloads, boatloads of gratitude. Let me take a sip of coffee here. All right, couple questions for you. Like, I'm gonna read a couple questions. If you guys ever have any questions too, you can write in. You can slide into my DMs at D Neals, D N E A L Z. Uh, you can write in sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com or join the Patreon if you want 
private one-on-one chatting about whatever it is in your world that you want either help on or support. And that is patreon.com slash the sap, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash T-H-E-S-A-P. Every week I do another private episode. And also there's different, different tier levels, $5, $8, $12, and $50, depending on what you want. But if you want the solo episodes, you can get that for as little as $5 a month. You can cancel it anytime and all that jazz. So I appreciate all of you guys out there. All right couple questions here. Let's read a few. I w- This is the title. I wish all relationships could start with a breakup. It seems to me that you learn so much about the other person during a breakup. Their anger and trust issues can surface on their caring and empathetic side can come to the fore. If I'd known how the breakup would go, it would make choosing the person so much easier in the first place. Unless you've been through really tough times together during the relationship, it's really hard to know these things beforehand. I think I also learned a lot about myself going through the breakup process, really demonstrating my best side while being hurt or making the hard call and being honest with someone that you don't think it's going to work out. My reflections um, after being dumped from a place of quiet inner peace and a little sadness. Well, that's a good point. Obviously, a hypothetical, you can never start a relationship off with a breakup. That's weird. But yeah, you don't see somebody's true colors until... Um, you don't need something from each other. This happens with business agreements that go sour. This happens with whatever. When you take away that marketplace of, I need you, we live together, you need me, we share the bills, we, um, we're investing in each other, we have personal relations, all these, when you take that all away, who's the core person when you can't benefit from the other? And that's, that's a lot to learn. Now, what are some other ways you can see someone's true colors? Well, I'll tell you what. You can see how they react with wait staff. That's for sure. If someone's uh, not good to a wait, waiter or wait staff, you can for sure judge them to just be of lesser character. Okay? Um, I was friends with this girl, and we went out to some place for dinner. There was three of us. Wasn't a date. Just friends. And she was a monster to this wait, waiter, waitress. I don't know why. I think we either got kicked out or they, or we left or whatever, but she was a monster. I couldn't believe it. She might've been having a bad day, but the way she treated this person, she, I had never seen that side of her. So that's a good indicator for learning how, what someone's true colors are. But yeah, you can't, you know, with breakups comes like people, sometimes when, when someone gets dumped or if they're in a breakup, they think they need to be shitty to the other person as like a way to like show them they don't care anymore. Like, it's like, all right, I was giving you my best self, but now you can go suck on it. And, you know, that's whatever. That's whatever. In the end, I think hopefully most healthy people get to a place where you wish the best for someone else. Like, I've gone through breakups where, like, I never wished ill on them, but, like, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't wanting... I was just worried about myself. You, you become very sort of um, focused on the self in a breakup where you're like, I need to be better. I need to, you know, I need to have more uh, uh, success, X, Y, and Z. Once the dust settles, looking back years later, it's like, I want you to have success. There's nothing, you know, that didn't work out. Maybe you treated me bad. Maybe you learned about something. Maybe I treated you bad. But I, I, really, can, I really can say that everyone that's been in my life path, from bad roommates to bad exes to whatever, I genuinely want them to do well. It doesn't hurt me at all. And I think that's a response to the where I am in life. Like, you know, when you're in a place where you're not, <laughs> when you're in a place where you're in the deep end, you don't want to share your life raft with anyone else. You're like, no, you know, F you. Anyway, let's move along. This is a, this is another one here. This is more of a vent. I have absolutely no experience with dating. And today my crush invited me to her place. I'm totally in the dark in how to proceed. Can you help me out? Hey everyone, I'm a 20 year old and like I said, it's a guy, right? I'm a 20 year old guy and like I said in the title, I have never dated anyone. Dating always scared me and honestly, it still does a little bit, but I wanted to give it a try. So anyways, there's this girl my age in college that I've been chatting with for a few months now. And while I'm not in love, she's become a bit of a crush. We often text and send hearts to each other and we've spent an evening in the city once, which was lovely. Today we were talking about seeing each other again, but with COVID, we would have to wait a bit before doing that. So she, she suggested that we go to her place or mine and we get delivery food instead of going out. Of course I accepted, but here's the thing. I have no clue on what to do once there. I would like to take our relationship to the next step, but I can't help thinking about what would happen if she really just wanted to see me as a friend and I mess up. I want to try kissing her, but how do I know she was she wants me to? And I also don't know how to kiss, so I'd probably mess that up too. What should I do? So she's not bored. There are a million little things that I'm thinking about and I feel a little freaking out about such a thing, but it would ease my mind if I could hear some of your thoughts on this. Well, here's the deal. 
you're already you're already in a tough spot because you care so much. So I, th- I need you to lower the bar on what you expect to happen. There are clues to look at for if you think she wants you to make a move. Are you sitting next to each other? Are your knees touching? If you're talking, do you then put your hand on the kneecap or her shoulder? Does she respond? Is she touching her hair? Is she making a ton of eye contact? Listen, if a girl ain't making eye contact with you, don't go in for the kiss, okay? You're going to get double chin. She's going to back away. It's not going to be good. Uh, As far as wondering if she likes you, (laughs) I remember in high school, a girl invited me over to watch a movie and I never made a move. It was daytime, but it was in her bedroom at her parents' house. I was like, I was like, oh, they must really think I'm in the friend zone if they're letting me hang out here. But then in hindsight, years later, I was like, was she expecting me to make a move? Or was I so delusional to even think that? And she was clearly in the friend zone that I didn't, you know what I mean? So it really is, as an adult, I'm telling you, it's hard to tell sometimes. So what you got to do is go there and slowly, naturally get closer, hang out. If you're watching a scary movie, you know, get your arm around her, do whatever you got to do, You and, but be hyper aware if she's starting to push you away. When you talk about consent, that's the consent. The consent is one baby step at a time, reading the room and knowing if she's pushing you away or not. And there could be a scenario in which she likes you, but she's still pushing you away. And that's okay. Don't keep trying things. Give her a little bit of space. It's amazing what a little bit of space can do. I'm not saying you sit on opposite ends of a sectional. You should assume, like, sit closer to her than you would with a buddy. Say there's a big couch. Sit closer to her than you would with a buddy, but just be engaged. If you're having a conversation, turn towards her, maybe inch closer, make eye contact, and just have positive energy. Oh, to be young again. And you're worried if you're going to blow it on a kiss. Look, you'll. it's one of those things. Like I said, eye contact, talking, take it slow. You'll see. But she's inviting you to hang out. She's sending you hearty texts. I'd like to say that you got a good shot here. So grab a little confidence, go in there, and I'll be looking forward to an update. Good luck to you. As far as kissing goes, by the way, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not here to offer kissing advice. That's not what, what I do here. But um, just less is more, okay? Less is more. You know, you don't want, you don't, you know, just whatever she does, reciprocate. If she's a tongue person, become a tongue person. But, you know, go in there. No one wants someone to overdo it. It's like kicking a field goal. The, the harder you try to kick a field goal, the more you're going to shank it. Is that a bad reference? Uh, boot it. Um, here's what someone said. Stuck in a rut after a long-term relationship need advice. A 25-year-old male. Hello, got out of a long-term relationship. Uh, it was seven years, the, the relationship, a few months ago. So you've been in this relationship since you were 18. So your whole adult life, you've been in a relationship. Okay. He said, I feel good enough about uh, about to put myself back out, but haven't had any success and feeling kind of down about it. Could use some tips on how to improve, specifically with talking to women on dating apps. I don't uh, much uh, like dating experience. I don't have much of a dating experience beyond my last relationship, so I definitely don't have any game and don't really know how to talk to a woman in that way. I stick to Hinge as my dating app. I don't have an issue getting likes or matching with people. It just doesn't go anywhere. For the most part, I try getting to know the girls for a few days before asking them out. Usually, it just leads to being ghosted and never getting a reply back. Sometimes, I try to be more forward and straight up by trying to set a date more quickly. Those don't get me anywhere. Ultimately, I want a relationship, but mostly just want to get laid. I think it uh, comes down to being too boring or uninteresting on my end. I'm not sure. Any tips or suggestions would be appreciated. Look, I would have to look at your dating profile to see where that is, but you need photos that show some um, compatibility in the sense that you need to show that you are a catch, whether it's uh, photos of you with friends laughing. I mean, it, it's not much that you need, but you need to show that you're not some crazy person. Every girl... Every woman has had to deal with a guy that was crazy and they are extra guarded, probably more so than men when they do the picking. So get in there, dust up that profile, take some great photos. You know, there's a million things you can do on your end. Do you not smile with your teeth because you have yellow teeth? Well, get an electric toothbrush and start brushing those puppies. There's so many things under your control that you can do to attract somebody else that, you know, eating healthy, nice haircut, uh, well-dressed. I mean, these things might sound like common sense, but a lot of people that have problems, you know, you might look weird in your photos. Show you, be authentic. 
And don't worry about what someone else is. If you're authentic, you'll the, the world's big enough that you'll find someone that likes whatever the weird thing is that you do. Get that in your photos, whatever it is. Don't be afraid. Be yourself. I think there's some respect and attractiveness in that when someone can just be themselves and be like, look, I like Magic the Gathering. Yeah, so what? Every once in a while, I dress up and I go LARPing with my buddies. We like to do it, whatever. But if you're kind of hanging out there trying to be something that you're not, women have uh, a greater intuition than we do. It's like my basset hound. He can smell, you know, he could smell if a squirrel farted two blocks away. We don't know that that's going on. Women can suss out creeps way easier than guys. And look, you just haven't, you know, you, you haven't been on the on the dating world for seven years, you know? So you just want to get laid. That's fine. Just wanting to get, hey, trust me, listen, there are some girls out there for you that just want to get laid too. So maybe there's a way you can make that known that you're not going to be too clingy. You're just looking with someone who's fun, you know, something light, whatever. Uh, but I guarantee there is a boatload of things you can do on your end to spruce up how you present yourself. Like they always say, if you've been dumped, um, you know, you know, or rejected at the bar, most likely you're being rejected for whatever image you're, you're putting out there, not for who you are, you know, and that's a marketing thing. So you got to work in your marketing, you know, but that can come with simple things like eating healthier. The best thing about, you know, these, when your relationship ends is usually, you know, you get some, you know, uh, God has some form of, uh, sick, twisted humor where he puts you in this depression. You don't want to eat. So you lose 10 pounds. The next thing you know, you look kind of good, you know? So uh, get out there. And this is for anyone listening. If you're not where, where you want to be, keep working on yourself. Because look, if you're a schlub, you know, you got in a comfy relationship, you're a schlub, now you're single. Do you want a female that's a schlub too? Or do you want someone who cares about who they are? So it's not necessarily a superficial thing so much as uh, when it comes, even if it's for one night stands, even if it's for short term flings, when it comes to picking, women are going to want a guy that, that, that is still honorable in one way or another, whether it be their attractiveness, their, uh, humor, whatever it is, you know? All right. We got one more of these. So let's here quick sip of coffee. All right. I like this one. These are, um, questions that were posted in the dating subreddit. This one's good. The title is, Why is living at home with parents the ultimate deal breaker when dating? I think I could answer that question, but let's just read along. I live at home with my parents currently. I live in a very high cost of living area, and it makes zero sense to me to throw away $1,700 a month for a drywall shitbox, one-bedroom apartment, when I could just save that money. That's the starting cost in my city. That will get you a one-bedroom that smells like crystal meth. Uh, what's the point of me spending that much cash just to move two blocks down from my parents' house? There were over 40 million unemployment claims in 2020. I am confident to say the economy isn't really stable right now. Why sign a year lease and be on the hook if I don't have to? If I'm working full-time with no debt and take care of my health and am otherwise a good person, why should I immediately be dismissed just because I'm choosing to save money instead of giving it to some landlord? I've lived with 10 roommates throughout my college and early 20s. I don't want to go back to that life of having some idiot blaring the stereo at 2 a.m., my parents are at least quiet. Their house is at least very comfortable. Mom, the meatloaf. I have no idea what the point of my post is, but yeah, I swear I could have two felonies and murdered 30 people, and that would be less of a deal breaker than me living at home with my parents. Ha! <laughs> He's so right. The odd thing is, I went out on a few dates with this one girl who has $70,000 in student loan debt. I don't think she makes much money currently, and she, and she broke it off since I live at home still. She said, you're really nice, but I'm looking for someone further along in life. I am further along in life. I don't have 70000 in debt like you do. End pointless rant. Well, first of all, let's start here. You're never going to attract a woman with such cynical energy. And I know you're not trying to attract a woman with this, but um, having only, you know, only being able to go with what you're saying, you are very cynical towards your lot in life. I get it. We are in a global pandemic. If... You live at home with your parents right now. I suggest saving your money, but just know it ain't going to be that attractive to a lady who wants to bang you, date you, and walk around nude the morning after. She's not doing that if Aunt Karen is stopping by to drop off. You know what I mean? So take it for what it's worth, but you have to understand women have options. Good-looking women uh, young women, people that are doing things, they have options. 
debt is not, debt does not mean that you're doing better than she is because she has debt. It doesn't mean the opposite. It just, it doesn't really mean anything. I understand it sucks that she's judging you for living at home and you're doing the practical thing, but life ain't always practical. You know what I mean? I remember when I was broke and I bought a round of shots for a group of people. Oh my gosh. I didn't have, I didn't have that kind of money, but you know, I was trying to impress somebody, whatever, whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? So life, you can't always be practical. Now you, you should aim to be good with your money, but also realize maybe by living in an apartment, obviously not that, not one that smells like meth. And hey, this is coming from me. I've lived in nothing but high cost of living places since graduating college. Boston, New York, and Los Angeles. I get it. It sucks when you're trying to just be a decent person, get by, pay for it all on your own, and now you throw in a global pandemic. I get it. But you just got to understand that there are guys that have the same skills and charm as you that just have their own place. You know what I mean? And that's just how it is. So when it comes to the full package, you ain't it if you live with your parents. That's just it. You got to be like Matthew McConaughey, cute. Do you remember him from Failure to Launch? Great movie, by the way. He pays, his mom pays, uh, I believe, Sarah Jessica Parker. Was it her? I could be wrong. I think it was Sarah Jessica Parker. The mom pays her to get him to move out of the apart out of the house. Great movie. He's like, why would I want to move out? I got everything I need. I totally get it. But, you know, and again, like I said, by all means, during the pandemic, stay there if that's the safe thing to do. But just understand, while some girls might be cool with it, you know, you might have a girlfriend, you might meet a girl who's got her own place and she's like, yeah, you live at home. I get it. I totally get it. Just crash with me. And then maybe, you know, you, you throw her some money for when you stay with her or you buy the groceries or whatever. Absolutely. But also, like, come on, let's not be judgmental. You're not, you're not an ideal catch as long as you live with your parents. So save your money. Maybe instead of getting a roommate, you end up can, you know, buy a home. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. But um, I hear your rant. I hope you got it out for your chest because you don't want to bring that energy that you put into this rant. You don't want to bring that onto a first date because some girl's going to go, oh, this dude's kind of got a problem. Versus you meet a girl, she goes, where do you live? And you go, you know what? Hear me out on this. I'm not moving out of my parents' house until the vaccine, until, you know, uh, uh, herd immunity. Own it. Own it. Be like, yeah, that's right. That's what I'm doing. So I've got a few extra bucks saved. We can go away, get a hotel. We can do that once in a while, but that's just what I'm doing. Huh, you know, and she's like, oh, you know, I kind of want to go farther along. Cool. I get it. Yeah. I'm sure there's really great guys out there that have a nice bachelor pad, but unfortunately it ain't me right now. Take it or leave it. Tuts. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway. I uh, wish you the best and let me know how it goes. Uh, if anyone, you know, I've got a whole bunch of these style of episodes on Patreon where I offer advice and usually they're evergreen content, which means, you know, evergreen, of course, the leaves don't change on an evergreen tree, right? They don't, they don't have foliage as other trees do. So I think evergreen content means that if it was uh, topical now, it's still good a couple of years from now. I think a lot of these questions work. Um, I've got a few old episodes on the Patreon where I offer dating advice, but I think for the most part, it all boils down to similar things, which is, you know, what, you know, it's always somebody who is lacking something and they're wondering what they can do to make that better. Uh, the most important advice you can give someone is to accept blame for your current lot in life. You have to accept blame that you live with your parents. I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing, but just accept that this is where you're at. And while she might have 70 grand in debt, if she's got other things going for, her, there's a guy that's not going to care about that debt. Who's got a nice place and she can stay with him with a nice, you know, central air conditioning and a hot tub in the back. And that's just what's going to happen. And then someday you're going to be killing it. And there's going to be a girl who wants to date you because you're killing it versus date the guy who lives at home. It's just the endless cycle. I think you understand. We've all been there. I mean, I've been in times where like I've tried to get into relationships and like, and like, I wasn't taken seriously. And I was like, well, come on, I got it all together. But to the girl, it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, come on, you're bouncing all around. You don't know what you're doing. You know, and like everyone wants a different type of stability. Everyone wants a different type of adventure seeker. It's all different, baby. So you can't ever really judge someone for what they want in life, even if they have 70 grand in student loan debt, which sucks. Um, but anyway, folks, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you do want more private Patreon episodes, you can go to patreon.com slash the sap. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash T-H-E 
ASAP. I really do appreciate all of you for sticking around during the pandemic. I know you've got a lot of choices in where you can get your content and entertainment from, and I appreciate you being with the tribe and for all my YouTubers that are out there that have supported me on YouTube. Um, this month has just been insane. Uh, the growth has been insane. And the crazy part is I still feel like it's just the tip of the iceberg. So as as we continue to build this life, as we continue to build uh, the equity in, in our world, I just continue to thank you guys for all the well wishes. Uh, when it comes to the 10,000 YouTube subscribers, the most, and you got to trust me that I'm telling you the truth here, the most rewarding part of this journey has been that I've been sharing it with my subscribers in that they're rooting me on that. They're saying almost there, Dave. It's like a bunch of people with those little water cups at the marathon. That's the rewarding part. I honestly could give two shits about the 10 K, but I kind of made a big deal out of this being a benchmark and people are rooting me on for this benchmark. So set some benchmarks in life, share your goals with those that care about you and those that you care about, achieve them, and if you get sidetracked or sidestepped, keep your eyes open for goals you didn't know existed because the whole saying behind leap in the net will appear is you might not even know when the net is catching you. You might not even know what if the airstream pushes you from leaping onto one net and drifts you onto another. So keep your eyes, ears, and soul open for these opportunities that come when you make a pivotal decision to pursue whatever the great thing in your life is that you want to pursue. Be ready for it, folks. Clean your bedroom. Wash behind your ears. Get ready. It's a wild ride. All right? Thank you guys so much for listening to this. Thank you for all the Patreon subscribers, everyone on YouTube, and everywhere else. I appreciate you all so much, and we will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.